Well, greetings, greetings, and welcome to the show. This is Wrong Place, Right Crime. I'm your host, Frank Zafiro, and this is an open and shut episode with Lee Matthew Goldberg. Now, Lee is the author of multiple books, but his most recent one is called The Ancestor, and it has a little bit of uh, sci-fi to it, but it's most definitely a a mystery, crime fiction for sure. Uh, I caught up with him uh, right before he was about to head to the beach on some much-deserved vacation and had a wonderful conversation. I think you'll like it. Uh, Before we get to Lee, though, I'd like to remind you that Wrong Place Right Crime is proudly sponsored by Down and Out Books. Down Out Books is a mid-sized publisher of crime fiction, most of it from the grittier and darker end of the spectrum. Uh, If you dig that, and I suspect you probably do, you can find out more by going to their website, downandoutbooks.com. That's down and out books, all spelled out, dot com. Down and Out Books, take the journey with us. And now let's dive straight into my interview with Lee Matthew Goldberg. Well, hey, Lee, welcome to the show. Hi, Frank. Thanks so much for having me. I'm so excited to be here. Uh, I actually uh, popped into your release event uh, a few weeks back when it happened, uh, Uh and you did uh, a lot of Q&A there. How was that doing? uh, uh, The release we're talking about, obviously, is for The Ancestor, and I want to discuss that, but uh, I'm curious, uh, having done a book release, virtual book release, how was that different, or how did that go? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it was fine. It's it's certainly not like being in person when you get to see everybody and do it in a bookstore. Um, but for the times that we're living in, um, you know, it, it is what it is. And the one cool thing was a lot of people who don't live in New York City, where I'm from, were able to pop on. Um, so that that was a nice little change. Uh, and my publisher, at all due respect, Chris Radigan did the Q&A, and, and, and that was really cool, too. So, you know, for these days, I guess it was good. <laughs> Well, all that aside, uh, The Ancestor is a very interesting book uh, with a very Thank cool you. premise. Um, I was uh, I was reading it when we spoke last. I'm still reading it. Um, mm-hmm. uh, it's uh, it's one of those books that uh, it's uh, it's. I don't know if this is going to sound like a compliment or not, but I certainly mean it that way. It's a page turner, mm-hmm. but it also sits yeah. well. Like I, 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 I read it, you know, and when I can read it, I'm, I'm excited mm-hmm. and I, I'm turning pages, but when I have to go read something else or go do something else and, and, and you come back, it's, it's easy to pick back up. It doesn't feel like it loses momentum. I like that description a lot. Cause I think you, you, you can read it kind of both ways through it. Um, or, you know, to use like kind of a term from it, like just kind of let it thaw for a little bit, um, <laughs> as, as like the days pass. So yeah, I, I think that's a perfect way to describe it. Well, for those who uh, aren't familiar with it, um, maybe you could, uh, you know, lay out the premise because it is an interesting sure, premise. Sure. sure. So it's about a man named Wyatt who wakes up in the uh, Alaskan wilderness with amnesia and really close by, he sees another man that really looks almost exactly like him and he follows that man home uh, to the man's wife and child and all of a sudden it brings back a rush of memories of his own wife and child except they're from um, the Alaskan Gold Rush era which was the 1890s Um, and if that's the case it means he's literally been frozen in time for 120 years Um, and sort of the mystery of how that happened and why it happened is is kind of the point of the book. Well, I, the writing is really good, by the way. Um, Thank you. Uh, but I, and I don't want to give too much away, but mm-hmm. one of the things we tend to do on this 
program since it's one writer talking to another writer and a lot of hardcore readers or writers make up the the audience is we talk a little mm-hmm. inside baseball at times and okay. you've done some interesting things from a craft perspective uh, with this book. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of them, obviously, is how you handled the flashbacks. I mean, it's almost as if yeah. uh, well, Wyatt is recovering his memories, basically, is what's happening. And then, yes, exactly. And then when you tell those flashbacks, you shift into, uh, from a tight third-person multi-viewpoint into first-person present tense. Uh, why did you do that? Uh, well, especially for his own memories, uh, I, I thought it, it really would only work if he was telling the story and we weren't seeing it almost from a distance. Um, but because the book has so many kind of side characters, um, it had to be multiple POVs. So I think from a technical standpoint, this was definitely the hardest book I've, I've ever written. Um, and I don't know if I would rush and attempt something like that again, because uh, there was a lot figuring out sort of who was telling what part of the story at what part um and my editor was a big help in like the final um edits because the pov was all over the place it was a real hot mess um so i i hoped i reined it in as much as possible and that um you really do see this kind of multi-layered story from very different angles well that's a good opportunity to give a shout out to chris radigan who is the yes chris editor. radigan is one of the best editors uh, he he's been on the show. Uh, we really really nice discussion. A lot of inside baseball on that episode. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. Uh, I, I personally I will use for even if they're not published through all due respect, I will use him as an editor for every one of my books in the future. Um, because um, like he recently worked on another book of mine um, that's just not it, it's not a fit for that for that imprint. Um, but he was crucial in kind of helping me get yeah, to the nuts and bolts. He um, edited the last three books in my Charlie 316 series that I write with Colin oh, awesome. Conway. And uh, uh-huh. I really like his style of editing. He's, uh, uh, you know, all the copy editing stuff is a given, but he's he, he he's very good at catching all of that. But then he makes really good suggestions and he's very mm-hmm. unobtrusive. I think a good editor is... Uh, I think he even said so. A good editor is invisible, um, but uh, mm. more so, a good editor helps a writer accomplish what that writer's trying to accomplish, rather than having yeah. a different will put, you know, put onto them. Yeah, I mean, he, I first met him because uh, he edited uh, my book, The Desire Card, um, that came out with Fahrenheit Press. Um, so he was the freelance editor hired for that, and it was such like a light touch of editing, which I like that it wasn't very intrusive. So I was really glad we we continued to get to work with each other. Yeah, he's a he's a good guy for sure. You you um you did something else in this book that was is kind of interesting, and that is uh, somewhere around the midpoint, the role of Wyatt kind of changes from a protagonist yeah. to the antagonist. Uh, exactly, and, and that's kind of the cusp that I'm on right now. So I find it really interesting. <laughs> but could you talk about that a little bit? Yeah, I mean. Wyatt is sort of a typical anti-hero, um, which, you know, in, especially like in, in television, you see so much of whether it's Breaking Bad or The Sopranos, um, you know, these characters, you, you love them even when they do sort of terrible things. Um, and Wyatt's progression in terms of moving from the protagonist to the antagonist is really as his memories start to resurface and he starts to remember some terrible things he had done and then it almost seeps into his present current personality 
Um, and what's an interesting thing, especially, you know, where you're at in the novel is why it tells you really from the start almost exactly who he is and what he'll do throughout the book. Um, so even though I'm, I guarantee there'll be a lot of surprises, if you go back, he tells you exactly what's going to happen and what his goal is um, really from from like jump. Well, that's just good foreshadowing there. If, uh, if, if you aren't shocked, only surprised, and then you go back and yeah. say, oh, man, that, there it is. I should have I known it. That's the uh, uh, same thing with, with clues in a mystery. Yes. Yeah, exa- exactly. And it, it almost sort of came natural. Like it, it wasn't something I intended to do. Um, it was more so after I finished a draft, I looked back and I was like, oh, you know, I even subconsciously set it up um, in terms of, you know, he's your main character and he's the one um, who's, whose goal ultimately becomes the most important. Well, that kind of segues a little bit into something that you said on that um release event that we were talking about earlier mm-hmm. and you you mentioned um something about going into a trance when you write and i didn't want to yeah. uh jump yeah. in that was a pretty big group of people and i had already asked my question so uh but this is my show so i get to ask a lot of questions <laughs> and, yeah absolutely. and I'm gonna, I'm gonna ask this one uh and that is what did you mean by that exactly and can you describe what that i mean is that literal or are you being yeah. a little bit yeah. metaphoric or what do you mean no, no. I, I mean, somewhat metaphoric, but definitely literal too. I've heard actually Stephen King describe it this way. Um, and I know David Lynch talks about this as well in terms of when he's searching for ideas. Um, when I'm really into something and I'm writing where it will be like 10 pages in a day, I'll, I'll like leave my body. I, I, I almost don't have a recollection of what I'm writing. Uh, and then a couple hours later, I'll almost like spiral back down. And sometimes not even remember 100% what I wrote. Um, it doesn't always happen. It's not like every time I write, this, this kind of magic occurs. Um, when it's the really good stuff or when it's the really like out there stuff, like a lot of the, uh, the book that takes place um, in the 1890s when he's leaving, um, a lot of that, I, I, yeah, I kind of left my body and go into a trance. Um, and I write most days in, um, I've talked about with people before, uh, I have a tree in Central Park, and that's basically my office. Um, so I'm surrounded by nature everywhere, and I think that helps a lot as well. Um, the Ancestor, though, was written in the wintertime, so that was not written at my tree in Central Park. That's pretty fitting, I think, given the setting. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I mean, it was a very, very cold winter that winter, the winter of uh, 2018. Um, so it, it allowed me to kind of, you know, feel kind of what my characters are going through. Uh, given that there is a a segment, uh, multiple segments of the book, uh, as, as why it recovers his memories that take place, uh, in his original time, uh, the 1890s, um, in the gold rush, uh, up to Alaska and all of that. Um, I think this qualifies at least as partially historical fiction. Uh, yes. how much, how much research did you have to do for that? Um, and was it something yeah. you already knew about, or did you have to dive in kind of cold? Um, it was something I've always been interested in, but I didn't know too much about. And there's so much about the California gold rush, but the Alaska gold rush was a very small window of time. Um, so this is probably the most, save another book I've been working on for about a decade. Um, this is probably the most research I've done on a novel. And a lot really was, um, some wonderful books that have been written about, um, the Klondike and the error. And then there was an amazing documentary about one of the main cities. Dawson City, which is kind of a hub 
during the Alaskan gold rush. And they had actually found footage from the error um, that was filmed. Um, so that was really a crucial thing. I watched that sort of over and over and over again. Um, and then I reached a point where I almost wanted to stop the research. So it could a little bit become my own. So I wasn't just kind of bogged down. But some of the characters that uh, are in that section um, do exist in real time in some way. Like there's a guy, Soapy. Um, he was a, 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 an actual character, uh, an actual person character. He was an actual person uh, from that time. So I, I loosely kind of, you know, move his life in a different direction. Um, but yeah, it was, it was a lot of really cool, fun research to do about an error. Yeah, I'm a big history guy. Um, as that was my college undergraduate degree, okay. and, mm. and uh, but this isn't something that I'm, I'm very well versed in. I mean, when I hear the Klondike uh, Gold Rush, I think of you know Call of the Wild and Robert Service, and that's yeah. about as far as I get. I didn't even know Dawson yeah, City yeah. was the hub, like you said. Dawson City it was for like a minute, so literally gold was currency for about a year or two because it was so booming. And you could sit down and you would sit down and like gold dust basically. And then everybody just almost like took the gold and ran with it. And then it was a ghost town. Um, so it had like a minute in, in history of just this like booming city in the late 1800s. But yeah, I also read a lot of kind of Jack London during this time. A lot of books about Alaska since I actually didn't travel to Alaska for the research. It was all really remote. Um, and that was kind of a conscious choice I made. So because it was a fictional town where it's taking place in Alaska that I created, um, I, I almost didn't want to see it firsthand. I wanted it kind of shaped in my own way. I was, however, planning on doing a physical tour in Alaska for the book. Um, so that is obviously not happening. But who knows? Maybe maybe 2021, um, it could be feasible and do it. Yeah, that'd be cool. Uh, uh, go to some of the places that... Uh that why it goes to and uh you know turn you know wrap that up as in a vacation that uh, you get to see yeah alaska yeah. yeah and just just actually see alaska for myself after like dreaming about it for for so many years uh before i go i do want to ask you one last thing uh i understand sure. there's been a little bit of interest in a possible tv deal for for this uh, book yeah um i mean it's so early but there's um, an, an agent in Hollywood that's very interested and is pitching it. So that's sort of the stage that we're at, which is kind of further than I've ever gotten before. Um, what needs to happen is, because I've written it as a pilot, but I'm not big enough to like really make it happen that way. Um, so if he could hook a, like a writer or a show creator, um, then things could really happen with that. Um, so it's, it's kind of all I know at this point, but we have interest from somebody who really has the power to make something like this happen. Um, so I have my fingers crossed. To see, I've had weird experiences with Hollywood before, and everything that started has just kind of stopped. Um, but this one I have a, a little bit of better feel about. So uh, given the nature of the book, would you see it as like a, an eight or ten episode uh, short, yeah. short run sort of thing? or He, he sees it very much... Yeah, probably like a like a Netflix mm -hmm. eight episode, um, and then not to give anything away, but it doesn't end with a nice, just perfect kind of bow. Um, so there's certainly room for a sequel, and I have an idea for like a second season if that would be the case. Mm -hmm. um, so um, if if that happens, I will write also a sequel as well. 
and yeah, that would be really amazing because I think it would make a really great, cool kind of thriller horror TV show. So we'll see if that's in the cards for it or in the ice for it. <laughs> well, uh, the book is The Ancestor by Lee Matthew Goldberg. It is out now from all due respect and uh, available in, in digital and hard copy. And uh, Lee, I want to say thanks for coming on the show. Thank you so much for having me. This was a blast to do. Well, there you are, folks. Uh, a good picture of Lee and uh, of his book, The Ancestor. I'm really enjoying it, and it's got a neat twist, like I said. Uh, so check it out. Our next episode will be with Chris Mooney, who uh, I guess coincidentally also has a little bit of a sci-fi twist to his crime fiction. His new book is called Blood World, and we're going to chat about that in the next episode. I'd like to say thanks to Lee for coming on the show and uh, Down and Out Books for being the great sponsor. And to you, the listener, for joining me on this journey here. We're in season four and rolling strong, and that is because of you. We'll see you next time on Wrong Place, Right Crime. Until then, this is Frank Zafiro reminding you that sometimes you got to be in the wrong place to rag crime. <laughs>